Let's go to the word of God, Matthew chapter number 27, verse 50 and 51. We're still dealing with this series on lessons from the cross. Lessons from the cross. Matthew chapter 27, <clears throat> verse 50 and 51. Matthew chapter number 27, verse 50. And 51. Keep your Bibles open because we may be flipping just a little bit. Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 and 51. If you have it, you'll find these words reading from the King James Version says, Jesus, when he had cried again, is that what it says in your Bible? Somebody read something different? That's it? That's 50? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. You may have a different version. It may say it a little bit different, but hopefully the, 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 the substance is the same. Jesus, when he had again uh, cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. Yes, I'll read it again. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. Um, I want to talk about it. It's just a curtain. It's just a curtain, just a curtain. It's just a curtain. Years ago, when um, I lived in Richmond, California, and my dad, the late Luther Wyatt, owned Richmond, yes. Uh, my dad owned um, some apartments on South Fifth and Cutting in Richmond, California, and in owning those apartments, my father made me the manager and the maintenance man of the apartment complex. I had a job. I had a job. Didn't pay no money, but I had one. <laughs> but he made me the manager of the apartment complex. One of the things that I had to do if someone moved out uh, or was evicted from one of the apartments, I had the responsibility of doing any wall repair, minor electrical work, minor plumbing work, painting, and getting the apartments ready to rent. Now, I was about 15, I was 16 year old, y'all, 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 that, you know, that's kind of rough, but thank God for my daddy. One of the things that we also had to do was install curtains. My dad would often go to the second-hand store to find some curtains to purchase. We would then install the curtain rods and then hang the curtains. They helped control the light uh, at windows. They added warm texture and color to the room. And also, they functioned to keep those on the outside from looking into the apartment, potentially protecting the residents from the apartment and restricting the outsiders from seeing the stuff that was in on the inside. Curtains were used to primarily block the view of those who were outside from seeing that which was on the inside. Now, as we look at Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 and 51, it says, and behold, verse 51 says, after Jesus had died and gave up the ghost, that the veil of the temple was rent in twain 
from the top to the bottom, and the earth quaked and the rocks rent. Now, when you look at the term veil, it literally means a curtain. And, you, and casual readers may look at that and say, it's just a curtain. As I look at the text, as we continue, lessons from the cross, the question that may uh, be ringing in your mind is, for what reason does the Bible include this curtain? It's just a curtain. Why is it so important that it would be included in the greatest history book, the Bible? It's just a curtain. Well, we first of all remember uh, 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 in 2 Timothy uh, uh, 3 and 16, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And so my question has to be, what's so profitable about a curtain? I know it's boring. It's just a curtain. It's just a curtain. Let, let, let's, let's look at it. Okay. The temple of Herod was a temple in w which stood in the time of Jesus. The temple site covered uh, the, equivalent, the equivalent of 30 soccer fields. That's how large it was. Herod's temple was the place where those Israelites and those who uh, 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 converted to the religion of the Israelites worshipped the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, please take the time to research the temple of the Bible and times. And Herod's temple was huge. Among other things, Herod's temple had several courts. It had the court of the Gentiles. None of the Hebrew, uh, 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 non-Hebrews could go into the court of the Gentiles, but they could go no further. Then there was the court of the women. This court was for Hebrew women who could go into there, but they couldn't go any further. Then there was a court of the Hebrew men who could go in. Then there was a court of Israel. This court was where animals were slain and prepared for the sacrifice. Then there was the court of the priest. The court of the priest was where the priest could go into. In this court was the altar where sacrifices were burned. The altar uh, for sacrifices, listen to this, was some 20 feet high and was some 64 squeak, uh, uh, feet uh, square at its base. Then you have what is called the holy place. The holy place is where the lamps, the incense, uh, uh, and the bread was. Then you have the holy of holies. The Holy of Holies was the place where the Ark of the Covenant was supposed to have been residing. The Ark of the Covenant was that chest in which was uh, the, 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 the Ten Commandments, was Aaron's rod that budded, and also was the bread. And in the Ark, in this coffin, in this chest, was considered the very presence of of God. It had two winged, two seraphim on it, and the seraphim stood as a guard, and in the midst of it, there was what is called the mercy seat. And on this mercy seat, it was actually a vase or a vase or a bowl, and that's where the blood and the water were sprinkled from the sacrifices that the sin of the people could be forgiven. In the Holy of Holies, the priest could go in only one time a year, and that was the day of the Passover. And that was interesting because the priest who went into the Holy of Holies could go in one time a year before they could go in and, 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 and have sacrifices or, or have the sins of the people forgiven. They had to deal with their own sin and so, so that they wouldn't be unclean. Because had they gone into the Holy of Holies and they were unclean, they would tie bells around their wrists and their 
their ankles and then tie a, a rope around their waist so that when the priest went in and if he was unclean, he would drop dead. And if he dropped dead, that means they wouldn't hear the bells ringing anymore. And if the bells stopped ringing, they knew that the priest dropped dead. And so they would take that rope and pull him on out and say, all right, next priest, let's go. Come on, kind of get a witness here. And so, but, but the priest could go in only once a year to offer the sacrifice so that the, the sins of the people could be forgiven. It was in what is called the Holy of Holies. Can I get a witness here? Now, the Holy of Holies, it was covered by a veil or a curtain. This curtain, was, it was some 30 feet wide. 30 feet. I measured the, the length of the church. The church is about 40 feet, so about uh, the pew where Bill is sitting at, that's about the, from that wall to, that's about the width of the curtain. But the curtain was also some 60 feet high. Now, I measured uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the roof from here to the bottom. That's about 15 and a half feet. So if you could kind of imagine, four times that height was the height of this curtain. It was 60 feet high, 30 feet wide. It was, it was believed to be about four inches thick. This curtain was woven every year. Every year they would make a new curtain, but there, there was someone or persons who had the responsibility of wolving the fabric so that this curtain could be made. And the curtain, it, it didn't, you know how curtains they have, you know, they have two sides. It was one complete curtain. Historians have said that the curtain was so strong that you could tie each end to two horses and the horses couldn't rip it apart. That's how strong this curtain was. Yet the Bible says when Jesus died on the cross, when he gave up the ghost, the Bible says that the veil, the curtain was rent from the top to the bottom. Now notice it says it was rent in twain. It was rent in two pieces from the top to the bottom. Notice it didn't say it was rent in twain from the bottom to the top. Because it had been ripped in twain from the bottom to the top. It could have been suggested that some man or some person could have ripped it from the bottom to the top. But it was 60 feet high. I don't know if they had a ladder that, a ladder that high that day. And so it was suggesting a couple of things. First of all, it suggested that God himself was the one who rent the veil. The second thing it suggests is that God himself came out of obscurity. Somebody help me here today. Now you may say, well, what in the world does that mean? I'm glad you asked me. You have to understand that in, in Genesis chapter number three, prior to sin, God had Adam, Adam had God, and they hung out together. They had fellowship one with another. They talked. They walked together. He, Adam was so sharp until God gave Adam the ability to name all of the animals. That's why we call the dog the dog, the cat the cat, the alligator the alligator, the dinosaur the dinosaur, the rhinoceros the rhinoceros. You, you, you understand what I'm saying. But after sin came into the picture, there was a separation between man and God. It got to the point where God said that I cannot allow people to come into my holy presence if they are stained with sin. And anyone that was born after Adam, you know he had sin on him, right? 
And you know he had sin in him. That's why the Bible says that we were born in sin. The Bible teaches we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And so what that says is anybody born after Adam is totally separated and alienated from God. So now we have. When the fullness of time comes, Jesus comes. He's on the cross and he's dying. And while he's dying on, on Golgotha's hill, something happens in the temple. And while he, when he dies, the Bible says that the temple was rent from top to bottom. What in the world is so significant about this curtain being rent from top to bottom? The veil being rent in twain from top to bottom, uh, uh, God comes out of uh, obscurity suggests uh, a few things. Number one, it suggests we have atonement from God. Number two, it suggests that we have access to God. And then number three, it, it suggests that we have allegiance with God. First of all, we have atonement from God. Atonement was penal. It was it was it was uh, 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 it, it was dealing with the fact that man was separated from God. And the Bible says, man, God said the man that says, if you disobey me, you will surely die. And because he did that, death was not just a physical death. It started the process of death, but it was also being separated from God. But when Jesus died on the cross, here it is, he atoned, he paid the price, he did that which was necessary. That, so let me see if I can explain it like this. You see, man had a sin on him and in him, and because of that, he couldn't come into the presence of God. But, and what happened was God, who is holy, God who is just, he, had, he could not allow man to come into his presence and then he could not allow man to die for his own sin because even then his blood was tainted. And so Jesus comes, he pays the ultimate price and what the death of Jesus does is it puts us back in right fellowship with God. What the death of Jesus does, it causes us to be, here it is, a, a atonement at one meant. We are now at one with Jesus, with God because of Jesus Christ. We are now back in fellowship with God. We are in fellowship. We are and we have been atoned, which means the penalty has been dealt with. God looks at us if we're not saved as aliens and criminals. But when you have accepted the Lord as your savior, we are made at one with Jesus Christ. Not because of what you've done, not because of what you've tried to do, but because of what Jesus did on Golgotha's bloody hill. And the veil is there to remind us that God has come out of obscurity and we have access. That's my second point. We have access to him because of the blood of Jesus. There it is. That's the second point. Second point. Not only do we have atonement, but we have access. 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 Y'all know that sin denies access, right? Y'all didn't know that? Sin denied access. That's how come only one man a year could go into the Holy of Holies and he had to be make sure that he was sanctified 
and, and make sure that he was clean and did all of the, the ceremonial stuff so he could go back there so he wouldn't drop dead. Because before he could deal with the sins of the people, he had to deal with the sins of his own self. But he couldn't go back unless he was in right standing. But thank God, because of Jesus dying and the veil being tempered, guess what? It, it brought God out of obscurity, which means this. We no longer have to go to some man behind some curtain in some booth and tell him that I forgive me, Father, if I have sinned. And, and will you, you owe me six Hail Marys. And do all of that stuff. No, no, no. Listen here, when you mess up, you can call me and tell me, Pastor, I've seen you. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to pray for you, but you need to pray for yourself because mine not, may not be given. You have access to God. You can go to God for yourself. You have access to God. Somebody help me here today. You have access, access, access. What is access? Access is, uh, here it is, admission. You know, admission, you know, you know, so um, a, a couple of weeks ago, one of the members had texted, about last week maybe, a couple of weeks ago, one of the members put in the text that they had some, some tickets to the Kings game. And um, I had, um, I had a Bible study that day, and I couldn't go, and I'm a, but uh, somebody else <coughs> decided to go ahead and take advantage of the tickets, which gave them admission and access into the game. Now, the person who uh, took the tickets, now, the tickets were not free. Somebody had to pay for them. But even though somebody paid for them, they were made available to that person and his wife at no cost. Somebody help me here today. And so what Jesus did is Jesus gave us admission and access to God. And somebody said it's free. No, it's not free. It cost God his son. It cost Jesus his life and his blood. But what happened is because it was paid for, it was made available to us with no cost. Somebody ought to be running in here. You can't pay enough. You can't be good enough. You can't stop cussing enough. You you can't stop drink somebody help me here you cannot be good enough to gain access to God thank God that Jesus paid it all all to him I because we have access we have access to God's presence we have access to God's grace we have access to God's favor we have access to God's provision. We have access to God's protection. We have access to God's promotion. We have access to God's resources. We have access to God's revelations. We have access to God's revitalization. We have access to God's reassurance. We have access to God's goodness. We have access to God's graces. We have access to God's glory. All because Jesus died on the cross. And that veil being ripped reminds us that we have access. One more time. One more time. The veil, that curtain, being rent from top to bottom, bringing God out of obscurity, helps us realize that we have atonement. Number two, we have access. But lastly, we have allegiance. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 through 16 says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were, uh, uh, were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself uh, 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 of, of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both Unto, uh, both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity therein. We were aliens and enemies of God. But because of the blood of Jesus and then the veil being rent from top to bottom and, and God comes out of obscurity, it helps us to understand, and I hope we get this, that we, are now, we have now allegiance with God. Now, the word allegiance means loyalty or devotion. It also means loyalty to a sovereign. We have a loyalty to God because now, because of Jesus, God has a loyalty to us. Now, that might not mean much to you, but every time I think about it, Brother Paul, it just excites me all over the place. God is so loyal to us that he is patient with us. I'm going to say it again. God is so loyal to us that he is patient with us. Do you not know we don't deserve the opportunity to come to the church, to hear his word, to stand in his presence because of sins in our life? And don't be trying to fool. Don't try to play. Dope. You know that you still have some stuff you're struggling with. You know that you still have some things that you're trying to get out of your life. But to seem like when you get it out, it just come on back in. But thank God that he is patient with us. He is long suffering. God is loyal to us. So loyal to us in that uh, 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 he has not only patience with us, he has purpose for us. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I didn't know why and I still don't know why he called me, but I'm glad he did. Some of y'all looking at me right now, you can't figure out why you're still living, but you are. God has purpose in your life. He saved you for purpose. He wants you to make difference in the life of some person. He wants you to be a part of the lifting crew. That's what old man Deacon Johnny Moore used to say at St. Luke Church in Richmond, California. He said, I'm just a part of the lifting crew. Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, we'll draw all men. He said, just be a part of the lifting crew. You may not be able to lift with somebody else, but you have purpose and God has given Given your purpose. Not only God is so loyal that he gives us peace, patient with us and has purpose for us. He's so patient with us that he puts his precepts in us. That's just, I'm trying to be literate. That just means he put his word in us. <laughs> Can I get a witness here? Do you know how holy his word is? And he will take his word and put it in some, here it is, earthen vessels. Now, the term earthen vessels that Paul talks about literally means a cracked clay pot. A crack? Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that God puts a treasure in a cracked clay marred pot? Now, if I had a treasure 
I don't have none, but if I did, I'd find a safe. I'd go to the bank, get me a, a safe deposit box, put it somewhere where I know it can be protected. But God puts his word, his gospel, his precepts in marred, cracked, clay pots. Us, we're marred, we're cracked, we're clay, we're brittle. Why in the world would God put a treasure in us? Because if I had a treasure, I would put it in some place where I can try to make sure it's protected. Well, God says, I'm going to put my treasure in clay pots and you can't protect it, but I know I can. And I'm so glad that the word that God puts in me, he's the one. That's why I don't have to argue with people. Yes, I will give people a reason for the hope that lies within me but I ain't got time to be arguing with nobody you either accept the fact or you reject the fact but the fact is still the fact you deal with it on your own time God can protect the treasure God is so loyal to us that he has patience with us he has purpose for us he puts his precepts in us and God is so loyal to us that he promises a place with him. Hallelujah. The old folk used to say it like this. I know it, it, we don't hear it no more, but he said it like this. Uh, some glad morning. When this life is over, I'll fly away. To a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. Just a few more weary days then. I'll fly away to a home where joy will never end. I'll fly away. I'll fly away. Oh, glory. I'll fly away. When I die, when I get caught up to meet him, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. And it's all because of the fact of what Jesus did. Matter of fact, Jesus said it like this. Don't let your heart be troubled. Quit tripping. Quit being all anxiety. Quit being depressed. If you believe in God, Jesus said, believe in me. In my father's house, I'm in a mansion. If it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will, go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. The song that they sing, once you're dead and you're done, that's not true. You're going to live in eternity somewhere. I'm so glad. Matter of fact, matter of fact, matter of fact, let me say it like this. Do you not know that every person in heaven is going to be a believer? Every person in heaven and every person in hell. A believer. Every person in heaven, believer. Every person in hell, a believer. Y'all like, nah, that don't make no sense. Oh, it makes absolute sense. Jesus said, what the Bible says, Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now understand when he says every, I did the Greek study and guess what every means? Every, every knee shall bow. I don't care what's on the knee. I don't care what you've been doing. I don't care if you never went to church. I don't care if you rejected Jesus. When it comes to eternity, there are no unbelievers in eternity. Everyone's a believer. The problem is some people believe too late. 
Some people were convinced when it was too late. So that bell went top to bottom. God says, I'm not in hiding anymore. Now you got access to me. No more bulls, no more goats, no more turtle doves and all that kind of stuff. I'm so glad I wasn't a priest. Because you know what a priest was? He was actually a, 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 a basically a meat, a, you know, one of them dudes that just slaughtered stuff. Slaughtered it, gutted it, blooded it, took the blood, passed it on. Did the same thing. That's all they did. They were priests. That was their responsibility because they had the responsibility of going to God on the people's behalf. I'm glad I'm a preacher. I don't have to worry about working at no, no, no sweat meat shop, none of that. I don't have to worry about killing blood, doing all that blood, trying to deal with y'all stuff. I got my stuff. I got to deal with myself. Somebody, somebody help me here. But I'm so glad that Jesus, matter of fact, John said when Jesus was coming into the wilderness to be baptized, John said, I'm not here. Matter of fact, there he is. Look, behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. Three and a half years later, he paid the price. Died on that bloody hill. And then the temple, the veil was rent. From top to bottom. Let me tell you what, that means that you all, you all, we all, we can be one with the Lord, with God. That means we have access to him. Thank God for people who will pray for you. Man, you need to pray for yourself. You probably try to call me and I'm busy or something. I'm chilling. I'm wherever I am doing whatever I'm doing. You better go to God for yourself and you have access to him. And then you have allegiance with him. He says, you're in my family. He says, you're in my family. And Lord C. Blue used to say it like this, nothing will separate us from the love of God. He loves me when I'm good. It seems he loves me more when I'm bad. Somebody help me here. You remember that time when you were out there cutting up and you made it home safely? <laughs> it wasn't because of your goodness. For whatever reason, God kept saving your life so that he could eventually save your soul. How many times did God save your life? What through, through what did he save your life? He did all of that so he could save your soul so that you could understand that you have access to him, you have allegiance with him, and you are atoned because of what Jesus did. So when I read that part about the curtain, that's what it reminds me of. So God told me to share that with y'all today. When you're having a bad day, make it a good day. It's perception. It's how you think. When things are not going the way you think they ought to go. Sometimes you just got to go with the flow. And then sometimes you just got to step back and say, okay, God, I can't handle this, so I'm going to let you handle it, and I'm going to go do something else. Hello, somebody. 
one of the things that we have a problem with is we try to handle stuff that's too big for us. Why are you trying to handle stuff that you can't handle? Man, you ought to, you ought to start thinking about, 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 I told y'all, see, y'all, don't, I for, y'all thought I forgot. Remember in Nehemiah where, 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 where the Bible says, he says, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. Y'all remember, I, didn't I tell you what that means? When you look at the, because I'm trying to think, how is the, the joy of the Lord is my strength, the joy of the Lord. How is the joy of the Lord my strength? But I did some research on that word joy. And that word joy in the original Hebrew language, it has to do with a tent door. It has to do with tent spikes. It has to do with raised hands. Tent door. Tent spikes and raised hands. Does that remind you of anybody? Says in order for you to get in the door, you got to go by the way of the one who had spikes in his hands, somebody raised up above the earth. And when you do that, he says the joy of Jesus and what his sacrifice was can give you joy. Brother, when you're going through, think about what Jesus went through so that you could be saved. When you don't understand it, think about what Jesus went through so that you can be redeemed. When you're going through and you don't know what to do, think about what Jesus did so that you can be restored. When you are going through and you're going through the blues singing, nobody knows the trouble I've seen, nobody knows my sorrow. Think back to that, uh, that day when that man named Jesus hung on that wooden cross, bled and died for your sin and mine. And early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in heaven and earth. And it says that if Jesus got up, I can get up. So, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's all I got, y'all. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. But I, I thank God for Jesus.